Hey everybody, it's the Ron and Don Show. All right, you guys, here we go. It's episode number 99. Can you believe that? Episode number 99. Jay-Z would be so proud of us. We are 99 problems put together. <laughs> we got 99 episodes, and then we'll get to one more. We're at 100. How about that? Look at me count. Can you believe it? It's doing all that fourth grade homeschooling. Hey, he's Ron. He is live from South Lake Union in the Les Schwab Studios, and I'm Don O'Neill. I'm live. Uh, from Queen and Mountain, also in the Les Schwab Studios. Coming up on the Ron and Don Show, we are going to talk about the fact that it seems like Bill Gates is being targeted right now. And why is one of the richest men in the world, and from what we understand, one of the grateful philanthropists, why is he being targeted right now when he is trying to make an attempt to bring a vaccine to the world when it comes to covid uh, 19. Also, my son and I got out and we did something this weekend because we felt like we needed to go do something. We were socially distancing, and at the same time, we did something that we thought could maybe help first responders uh, in our communities. If a mailman is a first responder, which, by the way, uh, I think he is. Ron, let's talk about uh, Governor Inslee. Uh, stay home. May 31st. A lot of people think it's pretty heavy-handed. When you look at other parts of the country, they're like, hey, we're, we're opening up. And we heard this extension uh, uh, just at the end of last week. What's your take on it? Well, I, I get what he's doing. Um, I was reading a, a, some stories on how do you look at models and people, uh, it's a moving target. So people look at that. I think if you're in Florida or you're in Georgia and you're a governor uh, with a certain political leaning and you want to open up your economy again, you look at these mathematical models and you're like, I, I don't know if I believe that. I don't know if I trust that. I don't know uh, if they have, if they're a real crystal ball and so you open it back up. Here in Washington, you, you look at it, you're trying to be a little more conservative, and it's, it's rough. I, I've talked to people that had believed the governor last time, and we're looking forward to, is it today or tomorrow? Looking forward to tomorrow, uh, already have had, might have, no, today, already like having a, a hair, hair salon appointment booked, uh, already thinking about, oh, I'm, I'm going to go grab dinner with my good friend Don, like we haven't seen each other in a month, uh, anticipating getting out and doing something like for opening week of boating season or going fishing with their buddy. And now you got to dial it back another month. And it really is emotionally hard on many, many people going, how do I do this for another month? If, if you are a social person and you get your energy from being around other people and collaborating and talking to them. This is really, really hard to just tack on another month. I've talked to other people that are naturally introverted and they're like, Hey, it's fine. I'm, I'm doing great. I'm like, love this. Not a problem. I'm just hunkered down. I, I work from home a lot anyway. Um, and, and they are not struggling at all. Uh, but I really feel for people that I, I was just texting with a coworker of ours, uh, Shelly and shout out to Shelly. She's social, man. When Every day when I got in the office, she was the first person I would go chat with. We would sit down for five or ten minutes and just catch up and just hang out, and we would have a little drink of coffee. And I know it's hard on her because she um, gets energy from other people and supporting other people and caring for other people. And for folks like that, this is really, really hard to just oh, arbitrarily throw on another month. 
Yeah. Why, why do you think the governor is doing it this way? And some people think he might take us all the way into June. I think he's looking at the University of Washington's numbers. Um, he has access to some of the greatest minds in the world, really, on uh, medicine like this. And it is difficult to make these decisions. You want to believe um, that it, this could work quickly, and it just can't. Like, we're used to things happening quickly, and this is just not the way a virus works. He's under a lot of pressure, and even you know, Bill Gates and the Bill Gates Foundation, which you sent me an article. I just learned they're the biggest financer of vaccines in the world. Which is shocking. Yeah. So they have some pretty good experts there. University of Washington, pretty good experts. They are telling him uh, with his daily briefings what they believe will happen with certain scenarios. And he's trying to do his best. I, I don't believe that he is deliberately trying to crush small business or restaurants uh, or retailers. I think he understands that we want to get these folks back. The hard thing is the perception from the public where it's like, Oh, so the state tree guys can trim the trees on my street. That's okay. But I can't open my small business or, Oh, this big construction site with cranes. They're, they're not doing demolition down the, in my neighborhood on three buildings that are going to, that got, put together to build a bigger building and those those guys are sitting there demolishing that thing it's like oh so that guy because he's got deep pockets can demolish that building but i can't you know have three people in my restaurant or i can't open up my office building or i can't do x y or z and i think that the bitterness and the stir craziness is setting in on people yeah. what, what do you think you know i i i I had to go see a client up north uh, over the weekend, and then I stopped in a drive-through. In fact, I went to McDonald's. I have been to McDonald's I think three times during this pandemic. I haven't been to McDonald's three times in the last twenty years. So, uh, and I do want to let all healthcare workers know: if you stop by McDonald's, you can stop by there one time a day, and they put together uh, a fabulous McDonald's meal. You get the filet of fish if you want, Ron. Yeah. Uh, you get a double cheeseburger uh, each and every day for first responders and healthcare workers. Uh, they put together this meal package for you. So if you're out driving around and you're hungry. Uh, but then I started looking at some other businesses and I wondered to myself, I wonder if there's going to be businesses out there that just go ahead and open up anyway. Uh, I am mesmerized by the fact that donut shops are essential. Everywhere I go, I look, I see a donut shop, it's open. Uh, some people say, well, cops, donuts, you get it, ha, ha, ha. But, but nonetheless, is a, is a donut, is a donut in a donut shop uh, really essential? Next to the donut shop, I saw a smoke shop, a smoke shop. So, and this is not a marijuana smoke shop. This is just a cigarette, cigar, just a, a and, and it said open on it and it was open, which was kind of surprising to me. So you had the smoke shop next to the donut shop, next to the teriyaki shop. So the teriyaki shop is open. And then next to that, you have a beauty salon and the beauty salon was closed. I have a friend that owns a beauty salon. Uh, she took her little girl into the beauty salon uh, to wash her hair and to cut her hair, her little daughter. Someone picked up the phone and called her uh, and called her in. Uh, and 
the state immediately, she immediately, uh, there was immediate contact as a result of someone calling and complaining that, uh, that she was in there doing business that wasn't essential. And I'm sorry, I think if you own a beauty shop and you want to wash your daughter's hair, uh, I think uh, that that is essential. So I, I think to your point, I, I also see, you know, I saw these signs that say, stay home, Washington, it's working. And this was bumper to bumper on I-5 as I'm slowing down and it's congratulating everyone for staying home. So I think over these next 30 days, I don't think anyone's staying home, Ron. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I, there, I've seen a lot more traffic. I've seen a lot more cars. Uh, you and I, and of course, working for Windermere, real estate is essential. We've had a couple transactions. So I've been out driving around and running some errands on those things. And I've seen a lot more traffic, a lot more people out. Like you, I've, I've gone through <laughs> McDonald's a couple more times than I normally would just because I knew it was open. Yeah. Uh, and my COVID-19 is, is packing on. I had, to, I had to get the McFlurry with the green, the, green, the Shamrock McFlurry. Awesome. I had to get one for St. Patrick's Day. You have to. So uh, I, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to turn that tied around and, and maybe drop a few LBs, but it's been really hard. But yeah, this is, this is a, a tough one, um, especially when the body count continues to go up. I think, I think people need to just reframe the importance of this in this regard. We, we, we're really bad with big numbers, and I've said this all the time. Eight, you know, if, you, if we had 800 people at a concert, let's say, in this in the city of Seattle and an explosion happened or a fire happened and 800 people died that would be the biggest story of the decade if we had a, a football stadium full of 60,000 Americans and a catastrophic event happened and they all perished that we would be building memorials and statues as we should. And it would become one of the most important days in U.S. history. But when you spread it out over days and weeks and months, and you spread it out over distance, somehow it loses its impact. And I want people to just reframe it in their brain of how important this is. Because a thousand people is a lot of people. Sixty thousand people is a football stadium full of people. That those are the numbers of deaths that we are talking about, and these extreme steps that we're taking are helping, and they are working. And, and I just read a heartbreaking story about uh, some people in Italy that are trying to reemerge. They have been locked down an entire month to six weeks more than we have way more strictly and so I, I don't know i just i think it's easy sometimes to go oh there's 300 plus million americans and we've had you know sixty thousand. that's not that big a deal i think it is that big a deal yeah and i uh, the president uh, coming out today and encouraging people to open up encouraging the militias to march on the governor of Michigan with their guns saying that these are good people, these good people with swastikas and guns. So I don't know. I don't consider those good people. Uh, but adjusting that number again to a hundred thousand 
And the number that we're at right now, when you look at the University of Washington model, being at 60, headed towards 70,000 deaths, they expected this to happen in August. So we have arrived at that number uh, a bit early when you when you kind of look at those models. So, I, I, and I think you're right. I think, I think when you spread this out, um, I think that makes it more difficult. And I don't, what, what the governor can't keep doing is kicking the can down the road when it comes to time, because you have to understand there are people out there that are out of money. They're out of credit. They can't pay their rent. They can't pay their mortgage. They can't pay the car bill. They can't pay insurance. They're scared to death when they are sick to go to the hospital or take their child to the hospital. There are people having heart attacks that aren't showing up at the hospital and they're dying. Uh, There are people that are having real issues and need to see a doctor. And they're like, you know what? I don't want to catch COVID-19. There's such fear. There's such fear out there. And he's not a very good comforter in chief. He he does not do a good job with that. And I think what Governor Inslee has done is he's parked himself in a very interesting spot because this is what he can say. You know what? We were number one. We were the number one state when it came to death and the coronavirus. And you know what? We went to work and I think we wake up this morning and I think we rank maybe 19th. So he'll be able to say that. The other thing that he can do now is he can watch all these other states that are coming in early, right? Even Florida, we we were supposed to see the death toll really climb in Florida. We haven't seen that and they haven't figured out why. We're looking at other other parts of the world where they didn't do a lot of social distancing uh, and it didn't seem to affect uh, the overall numbers. And so I think what we're going to do here in in Washington state is we're going to keep an eye on states like Georgia and places like Michigan to see what they do and what they don't do and the way that the virus responds to that. And then I think uh, toward the end of this month, you could see this extended again uh, into June. So I think really though, he has to, when, he, when he's speaking, he, he spoke the other, the other day about the fact he was, he was trying to comfort some of the families uh, if he lost a loved one and it just, it wasn't very warm. It just, it, it sounded like a politician that was just checking off a box on a speech. Uh, and I wonder sometimes where his sympathy and empathy is, and maybe he's just not a very good speaker and can't communicate that. Uh, but I wish that we saw more of that uh, from all our leadership. Cause we certainly, I, I don't feel like we're getting that nationally and I don't feel like we're getting that locally here either. So, Hey, we come back. Someone that is providing a lot of leadership, at least I think he is, is Bill Gates, but he is being torn apart right now in social media. Why is Bill Gates being targeted? We'll talk about that. And also my son and I, um, we took on a project, uh, over the weekend because in all of this, we are looking for purpose and we're not healthcare workers. We aren't first responders, but we thought, you know what, maybe there's something that we can do to help. And so uh, we started our project uh, yesterday and I'll share with you uh, what we started to do. All right. And also I got a beautiful picture from my mother, her, three of her girlfriends, they're all sitting on their tailgates 
And uh, for the first time, she was able to see her girlfriends yesterday as they were all social distancing, Ron. She says because she's older in her 70s, they actually did 10 feet apart, and they actually got out of tape measure. Smart. So they're, they're going 10 feet. Uh, as long as they didn't gather around the tape measure <laughs> to verify that it was 10 feet. We're yeah. Good. Yeah. She's like, you know, Donald, we need it. We need it. We're older, so we need the extra four feet. So I got to love that. Episode 99, it's the Ron and Don Show, only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Hey, are you ready to sit down with Ron and Don? Start your real estate journey? Reach out to Ron. Just write him, Ron at Windermere.com. Hey, you guys. Welcome back. Episode 99. He's Ron. I'm Don. We're live from the Lux Lab Studios as we socially distance. Uh, Ron, I sent you something last week. It's called Gates Notes. And it's about Bill Gates. It's about vaccines. And a lot of people uh, are beginning to attack him online what's going on here this this i think is absolutely bonkers uh there is a conspiracy theory i think we talked about it before for a little bit but a conspiracy theory that bill gates somehow helped manufacture covid19 in order to reap profits from it in the future with medicines uh which is just insane but what he's doing is giving out for free Really great insight and advice. And the article you sent me, it was so refreshing because he did this video where he clearly understands this, the subject material. Clearly. He explains it beautifully. He's beautifully. talking about yeah. how do you make a, uh, a vaccine, how long it takes, what the different types of vaccines are, how you manufacture them, how you distribute them. And he knows this stuff top to bottom, front to back. It, it's incredible. Hmm. And um, it was really just like, oh, wow, this is what it looks like when a smart person tells you something health-related. I, I found it to be just incredibly re refreshing to watch and also a little daunting because in this video, he says, hey, and he's not tooting his own horn, but he's saying the Gates Foundation is the largest backer of vaccines in the world, which seems astonishing. You think it would be a government somewhere, but they're, they're, here we are. And he said the fastest that we have ever produced a new vaccine is five years and here's why and he lays it all out exactly why and you're like okay that seems reasonable of why it would take five years to do this and then he talks about when you've mentioned it before we have to build these factories because you the depending on the type of vaccine that you're creating it takes different equipment and you can't cross contaminate and he explains all of that stuff and you have to grow the the, the vaccines you have to actually gr grow uh, Depending on the, the type of treatment you're doing, correct? Yeah, yeah. So, so that's what, that's why it can take so long because there's there's, there, there's things that need to be grown that are involved with the vaccine. So, so he says we've never been able to do this in under five years. We're trying to get it done in 18 months, and we're using some new new technologies to do that. Meanwhile, the president said, "Hey, we're going to have a vaccine by the end of the year." My scientists are telling me not to say that, but that's what I think. And then they go to the scientists, like Dr. Fauci, and he's like, yeah, that's not happening. We're not having a vaccine at the end of the year. So I, I feel for folks, and I have family members that are Republican and watch Fox News all the time, and they're getting different information streams. And I think that it's just flat out wrong. But they're basing their health choices and their 
children's health choices and their older parents' health choices on information that if you're reading Gates notes, the two don't square. One of them is right and one of them is wrong. Both of them can't be right. You can't have a guy that's actually produced vaccines and said we've fastest we've ever done it is five years. We're trying to increase the speed. You have another guy who's never produced a vaccine and never financed a vaccine that says we're going to do it in seven months. Both of those people can't be right. I put my money on Bill Gates. Yeah. Yeah, I would encourage people, uh, no matter what you think, to uh, pick up a copy online of Gates Notes and just kind of read through uh, what he has to say, and he doesn't pull any punches either. He's he's he seems to be very reasonable. He has made enough money in his life, uh, and that's one of the reasons why they set up the foundation. What what they found out when they started trying to give away his money is money is really hard to give away. Oprah found this out when she was financing these camps, and the next thing you know, there's some issues in those camps some sexual issues in those camps, and it blew up in her face as a result of that. Uh, Bill Gates, the Gates Foundation, has over 300 letters from millionaires and billionaires around the world that said, hey, would you give away a portion of my wealth, if not all my wealth, either while I'm still alive or when I pass on? Uh, The woman who created Spanx, for instance, uh, the Gates Foundation has a letter from her, and she wants to give away most of her wealth through the Gates Foundation. Um, and she has made billions off of Spanx as a result of that. And both her and her husband uh, have written that letter. So you look at Warren Buffett. He's written a similar letter that says, I think all but 5% of his wealth uh, over the course of his life and when he has passed on, that money will be given out through the Gates Foundation. Did you get the Warren Buffett drive through McDonald's order that you were talking about in the first segment? Because he goes to McDonald's every morning. He if does. the stock market was up, he yeah. can get the, uh, was it the McMuffin with cheese? And I think if so. The stock market went down, then he has to get the one without the egg because he saves 50 cents. His wife actually puts the money out on the table for him. And then he takes the money, jumps in his car, and he 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 rolls through McDonald's every single. He, he eats at McDonald's every single day, which you're, is you're the you're the Warren Buffett right now yeah. of Seattle. <laughs> and he also sits at his desk, and if you've ever seen his desk, it's the craziest thing. Uh, and he just reads for four hours a day, and he ponders things. He he reads, he ponders, no he computers. He plays a lot of cards with Bill Gates. And then all these guys, all these guys are walkers. They're walkers and talkers. Bill Gates is, Warren Buffett is, Steve Jobs is. They, they, they walk and they talk. And they say it's interesting because they've done some studies on that. When you think about, when you get all these great ideas, sometimes when you're standing in the shower, that has to do with the warm water and the stimulation to your brain. And then also when you walk, the stimulation of your feet uh, driving the bloodstream back up through your brain. It's one of the reasons why walking and talking uh, or all these great ideas that come to us in the shower. Uh, it's one of the reasons. In fact, maybe we should do the Ron and Don show from the shower uh, next time. Maybe we'll just sound a little bit smarter. For our 100th so, episode, shower talk. Yeah. So anyway, uh, check it out. Uh, Gates notes, and he writes extensively about this issue uh, this week, and he is being destroyed online by a lot of folks that they call anti-vaxxers, 
And what Bill Gates would need with a couple billion trillion more dollars, I don't know, because he can't give away the money uh, that he has and that the foundation has uh, right now. Hey, we come back. They, they just extended this order in Washington state. And I can really tell this is hitting a lot of people uh, very hard. And emotionally, I think we're all feeling that we'd like to have a sense of purpose. You'd like to have a feeling of connection and not having connections and not feeling a sense of purpose. Uh, is driving a lot of people, a lot of people into depression and lots of anxiety out there too. Uh, my son and I, he started really missing his friends last week and, and I'm really missing my friends too. And we decided that in the midst of all that, that we would see if maybe we could come up with a project that we could do together where we could help uh, first responders. So uh, we started yesterday. I'll share that with you on the other side of this. Sign up for the nation news at ronandonradio.com. Hey, you guys, it's episode number 99 of the Ron and Don Show. Don't forget, we're licensed brokers with Windermere, and real estate right now is essential. Uh, people are still buying homes. People are still selling homes. The real estate market is actually good. It's, it's actually good. We're shocked by that. It's actually really good. Um, Ron, we do something called a virtual sit-down now, don't we? Absolutely. If you uh, are at an inflection point in your life, uh, you'd like us to sit down with you, so to speak, and figure out what your next moves are. Could be an investment property. Could be uh, a lot of people are taking money out of the stock market. It's been so volatile and putting it into real estate, which has been remarkably more stable in the Seattle metropolitan area than than the market. So people, some people are doing that. Some people need to buy or need to sell. Because of a life change, uh, maybe you had a baby, maybe you moved, maybe you lost a job, maybe you changed jobs. So we would love to uh, sit down and strategize with you, put the team together, and put some options in front of you of like uh, things that might make sense in your situation. Yeah. So anyway, just uh, you can write Ron, Ron at Windermere.com, Don O'Neill at Windermere.com, and everything's at ronanddon.com. And we would love to sit down with you virtually. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, in fact, we're going to do that here in a couple minutes when uh, when we jump off of, of this call. Uh, feeling a sense of purpose. It, feeling a sense of purpose. Feeling a sense of, I want to make my time and energy count. I want to be helpful. Um, that is the way that I'm wired. I'm just wired that way. And when times are tough, I don't know what this is in me, but I... I, I, I look to, I look to help. Um, I look to help and I'm not a first responder. I'm not a healthcare worker. I don't have the courage. I cannot imagine. Ron, can you imagine what it was like to be a healthcare worker right now? Uh, not only wondering if this gets stretched out over two years, if I get COVID-19, but when I get COVID-19, right? And, and you don't always know exactly when that's happening. And then you go home and maybe your kids are exposed. It's, it's, it's a lot to carry. It's a lot to deal with. Anyway, we had found out in our neighborhood uh, and we had seen these mailboxes that have just been tagged. There's a lot of graffiti right now um, going on in our neighborhood. 
And we were wondering, there's something called a relay box. And I don't know if people know what a relay box is, but I looked online because I always wondered, how come some of the United States postal boxes are blue? Because that's where you're supposed to drop your mail off. And then what's these green boxes? Because you can't put anything into the green box. You're talking about the big ones, right? Not like an individual, not like a mailbox on my house, but like one of the big ones that look like R2-D2. Yeah, that you see on a street corner. Yeah, and and you see less blue ones now, uh, but they're still out there. And the green ones are relay boxes that the Postal Service will use. And so let's say that someone's out on a route and there's some more mail that came in that they need to deliver. Someone from the post office will come. They'll take that mail. They'll drop it in the relay box. And then the postman or postwoman, the posthuman, uh, that is out delivering mail, they will stop by that relay box and they'll pick up that extra mail. So anyway, these relay boxes in our neighborhood, they've all been tagged uh, with gang signs. And we wondered why the postman, is my son and I having conversations about this, we wondered why the postman didn't paint it back to green. And so we started having conversations about how busy postmen must be. And then we started having conversations about delivery drivers and how much courage it takes right now to be a postman or a posthuman or to be a delivery driver. So we talked a lot about that. And then we began to wonder, uh, we w- what, what if we went and got some paint and we stopped by one of these relay boxes and we spray painted it. And then I started thinking, well, we should be careful here we're probably breaking the law, which I think we were. Uh, But we're kind of okay with that uh, because we made sure that we got the right color green. It's kind of a hunter green, these relay boxes. And so we stopped yesterday and we put our masks on and our gloves on and we started painting our first relay box. You know what you should do, just as a friend, make sure you keep that all on the download just in case you are breaking any rules. Like, just (laughs) don't publicize it in any way. I think you should be fine. So it's just two guys talking, right? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, we, we went ahead, we painted, we painted the relay box. And as we're painting the relay box, you would have thought that we had just scored a touchdown, that we were locked up with Green Bay on a Monday night game, and we just scored on the final drive, Russ Wilson to Gio Neal. Uh, for the touchdown because people were coming by in droves in our neighborhood and they were just thanking uh, my son for, for spray painting this relay box. So all we did is we went out and we spray painted this box. My friend Charles told me, uh, our friend Charles Cross said we should paint something on there uh, for the mail carriers. But nonetheless, we, we felt we ended up having a really good day yesterday because we felt like we went out, we did something, we were safe. We were outside. We feel like we helped uh, the local postman, and uh, we feel we 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 felt purpose in doing so. And then the neighbors that stopped by that said thank you. We decided that we felt really good about that too. So what we're trying to do is just find purpose in in all this. And even if it's just stopping and painting a relay box, uh, and there's a lot more relay boxes that need to be uh, painted here in Seattle. So we got our work in front of us. Uh, But it is important, Ron, isn't it? To to feel a sense of purpose. And as I looked at these very touching pictures of my mom yesterday in Albuquerque, sitting in a park with three of her older friends, 
they've all been locked in their house. They're, they're in their 70s, and this has been terrorizing for them. Uh, my mom only goes shopping every two weeks. And other than that, she takes a walk around the block every once in a while. So uh, to sit there with her girlfriends, and they're all sitting on their tailgates, uh, and they're able to have a conversation and share some lunch yesterday, that was really, really nice to see. And I just, I want people to really look out for um, just their mental health right now. Because uh, there's a lot of anxiety and there's a lot of fear. And sometimes if you find purpose in the midst of the anxiety and the fear that you're feeling, uh, that kind of dissipates. At least it does for me. Uh, and it did for uh, my son yesterday. Well, so. if your son enjoys painting, I got a bunch of work for him because I am among the world's worst painters. I, yeah. I can't paint. I don't, I'm not good at it. I get paint everywhere. So if he's a good, accomplished painter and he wants some more paint work, because I notice he's uh, he's a he's a hyphen now. He's a hairdresser. Yeah, it did, slash <laughs> painter. <laughs> Slash trumpet player. Like he's got a whole skill set that he's developing uh, in the in the age of COVID, which are all great skills to have. Yeah. He can, if he combined all those together, it could be a trumpet playing hair cutter who also paints. Yeah. Like I really think he could carve a niche out for himself. Yeah, we've been calling people and uh, doing concerts for them, and then also. Uh, Ron is talking about the fact you at some point you're going to have to cut your own hair or somebody is going to have to cut your hair and you can go online now and there's apps that teach you how to cut your own hair. This really makes you appreciate your barber, your hairdresser, whoever you go see. And, and last Friday I kind of had it and I didn't want to keep wearing hats all the time. So I just handed him, I just handed him my trimmers. I put a number two guide on it and I just said, go for it. And he did. And it actually turned out, better than I thought it was going to turn out. <laughs> well, I, uh, no comment. Yeah. And then, uh, and then he shaved my back hair too. And I had to pay extra for this. And we only, my back only bled in one place. And then my head only bled in two places. So I think you're, uh, you're good to go. I needed three bandages when we were done, but nonetheless, uh, I digress. Uh, anything, uh, Final thoughts, episode number 99 as we start the week. It's a picture-perfect day in the great specific Northwest, and we got about another month now of social distancing uh, in front of us. And I know a lot of people, this is when you start to think about football and fall sports and all just things are going to be very differently even as we, we get beyond a month. Uh, you're going to look different this fall. It's definitely going to look look different. Like I think, just find uh, connect with some friends. Keep your head up. Like you always say, keep your head up and your shoulders back. We really just need to apply that. It's a day to day thing. If you're struggling, uh, just take a little bit of effort. Reach out to someone and just say you're struggling. I think you'll get some love back. It's hard to admit that you're struggling because you feel like, oh, I should be grateful. I've got. You know, I still have work. I have a house to shelter in place in. Why Why should I complain? It's not complaining to reach out and say, hey, I'm feeling lonely. Or, hey, I, I'm really struggling with this. Or, wow, that extra month felt like a gut punch to me. So if you're in that boat, reach out. Um, talk to someone. Connect with an old friend. Connect with a family member. And just, I think if you show a little vulnerability, you're going to get a lot of support yeah. back. So I just encourage, encourage folks. You 
we're going to get through this. It is hard. It's legit hard. So if you're feeling like, wow, this seems harder than I, it should be because I, I should be grateful for all that I have. It's legit hard. You shouldn't feel ashamed for feeling that it's this hard. Yeah. Yeah. I put, I put something on my Facebook page last week and it, it was basically that. And, and I asked people to share their stories and then to talk to each other. Uh, and I just got out of the way and people shared their stories and, and they shared the stories, uh, cause, cause we hear stories, but then to, to actually have someone say, Hey, my mom just died from COVID-19 and I wasn't able to be there. Uh, when she passed, Oh, it was, it's, these stories come alive. And, and then, and then someone who had also lost a mom was able to jump in and they were able to, to speak with one another and, and to console each other, uh, healthcare workers sharing, uh, what it's like to go to work and not have the right equipment still, and then to go home to your kids. Uh, uh, parents out there wondering, here I am working and, um, and at the same time, I'm trying to hold homeschool my kid or prom just got canceled, all that stuff. So don't be afraid to sit in that stuff. It's okay to sit in it. You just can't stay in it. You can sit in it, honor it, embrace it, and then let it go. That's episode 99. You keep your head up, keep your shoulders back. And if you need us, just reach out. Ron at Windermere.com, Don O'Neill at Windermere.com, everything is at ronanddon.com. You're listening to the Ron and Don Show only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Hey, it's G-Force O'Neill. Thanks for listening to my dad and his boyhood friend, Mr. Ron.